When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. cannot be too prepared if you're trying to direct something. That was a big takeaway. One of many takeaways I had in my interview today with Helena Rain, director of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I'm George Edelman, editor-in-chief at No Film School, host of this, the No Film School podcast. And in today's episode, we have Helena Rain, as I just said, talking about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and directing in general and her long and storied acting career. She has, if you don't know, an amazing resume as an actor, doing tons of theater with some of the most reputable and influential names. She is someone who just understands that theater acting process. She learns so much there, but of course, she's done it on film. She's done it on film here. She's done it on international film. And she talks about what led her to the directing chair, how she got there, why certain projects appealed, and how she took what she learned and brought it to these other projects, and specifically what it was that she did to make bodies. I'm just going to say it once instead of having to say it three times every single time, if that's all right with everybody here. Okay, we're in agreement. We'll move forward. She tells us how all the knowledge about prep And the specificity and the way she worked with her DP and the approach she had, how that made it possible for her to be creative, comfortable, almost improvisational, and to take care of her performers, which is something she uniquely understands. So there's so much good stuff packed in here. If you saw this movie and you loved it, you're going to love this. If you didn't, it doesn't spoil anything. So you can enjoy this and then see the movie too. Be sure to check out Tons of stuff we wrote about this movie over on nofilmschool.com. And here we go. Lena Rain. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Okay, I did it three times again. But that's the last time. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm glad we finally got the chance. We won't see the first time around. (laughs) But I know things were busy. But here we are. We're finally doing it. I'm a big fan uh, because I am, I, I don't have film school. So, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's well, then you're in the right place. I mean, although we're not anti film school. No, I know, but but I, I literally listened to you guys uh, when I knew I was going to do bodies. I was like, oh, I have no clue what I'm doing. And then I was listening to you guys' podcast to get an education. That is so cool. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so you. It works. Well, that's awesome. I, well, that kind of segues into the first question because you've been in the industry, you've been performing, you've, you're as as celebrated and as you know experienced with performing as one can be, essentially. But you're stepping into directing here. It's been a big success with bodies, but take me to the sort of genesis of because your directing resume isn't super long up to this point. Like <laughs> directing this movie. 
like, <laughs> right? Like, there's a couple things it seems like, <laughs> but like, what's the like? I'm directing a movie. This is the movie, and what kind of what genesis of that? Like the des- the desire, the interest, the, yeah, the have to. I think I always had a misunderstanding about uh, when I was a little girl that when I saw a film, I thought that the actors created the film. So I never understood that there was a whole, you know, when I was small, like that there was a whole thing behind it uh, and a whole team of people, of course. So that, uh, so, so when I got into acting, it was kind of, I I don't want to be dramatic about it, but it was kind of a disappointment in the sense that (laughs) it was so weird to see how small of a part you were of the whole machinery. And that they were already working on something for years sometimes. And then before you would come to the situation, you know, and that to me was a little bit weird. And so, but I, I, I my career w- was really beautiful and, and I'm very grateful as an actress. I mainly focused on theater because I think that was where my strength was and um, did also film. And uh, I was very blessed and and happy, but always a little bit frustrated. I think also because the the style of acting and the, um, the theater groups that I joined and the films that I joined were all big, classical, constructed entities. So that meaning that, you know, you had a, a true director who would tell you what to do and you know, uh, and and I would then execute it and and be like like really try to be this perfect muse, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, and almost enjoying to be like a puppet. You know, I, I mm. almost like took that too far. Like, really enjoying not to ask any questions, but to be the perfect muse. And uh, I that kind of took his revenge, and then I wanted to um, start directing myself. When it's funny you said that because my thought was that in a lot of the acting you've done and perhaps in theater often the performer does have a closer relationship well certainly directly to the audience right so it almost yeah, does feel that like is- the audience is like this actor has made up these lines and this entire thing they're doing is coming from them but you're sort of taking in the other direction and saying i, yeah. I really tried to make myself as little as an yeah. as agency as possible yeah i sort of enjoyed that because i i really joined the classical theater where you really take you know the text is holy it's like shakespeare chekhov o'neill and i worked with this very well-known director Ivo van hoven who became this worldwide star because he uh, started to work with david bowie and scott rudin here in the u.s and you know, and and we uh, in the Netherlands, his shows became so popular that they started to sell all over the world, and we just toured the world constantly. But it's a very classical approach. You know, his his plays are very modern, and that's why he became he became so famous because he's so avant-gardistic. But in the end, the whole system of it is very much like you will hear from him like these are the roles you're going to play next season. Da, da, da. You know, it's like that, and I love that. Like that is a beautiful life to lead, but. A little voice in me was saying, like, yeah, but what do you want? What what do you especially all these plays are written by men and they all are about sexuality and power and death and violence and all the bigger themes of life. And I was always like, Yeah, but what do I want to add to that with my own voice? And that's when I started in the wings of the theater to write a movie called Instinct, uh, which is a very dark film about a therapist who falls in love with a rapist that she's treating in jail. It was based on a true story. And um, you wrote it and, in the, you started writing in the wings. Yeah. Like between doing Ophelia <laughs> in Gibson yeah. and whatever else. Right. Okay. In the little breaks that we had. And yeah. And then I asked this writer to develop it with me and, and, and we wrote it together and, 
Um, Carice van Houten, who uh, people might know as the Red Priestess in Game of Thrones, she's my best friend. And we thought, you know, we wanted to also be producers. I, 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 it all did come from a place where I was like, okay, I spent all my life now being a muse, which I loved and I wanted to do, but now I'm going to really like make a big step and I want to immediately to gain a lot of control over what I do. And that's what we did with Instinct. And then we made a TV show called Red Lights about sex work in Amsterdam. And then I made Bodies, Bodies. So that's basically how it came about. And when you started doing things like, when you started with Instinct and then Red Light, and you talked about kind of learning the certain approach, did that approach filter into your approach? Or did you sort of build from a new place how you want to be a director? Like, did that influence of all the theater work and kind of like shutting it down and being like, I'm the muse, I'm going to watch, I'm going to be a sponge. Did, did that influence your style? Probably no matter what, a little bit. But Or did you say, I'm going to go in a different direction than what I've been doing. My sets are going to be different. My production theater is, of course, so different from film and television. So what was sort of the, the first point of like, here's how I'm going to do it. Like, here's how I'm going to direct. I think I did learn everything from Ivo van Oven, but also Paul Verhoeven, uh, even Brian Singer. I was uh, in Valkyrie with him. Like all these big directors, I did always take notes, you know, as to how they were doing it and what they were doing. I do think that my approach is very much like the theater, meaning that that all classical approach, like you, you learn all your lines. There's no, a lot of actors, which, which is great, by the way, for film, they want to keep themselves fresh. So they don't learn all their lines so well. They want to be like, sorry, they want to be real in the moment. You know what I mean? So they, they don't necessarily, some of them have the approach where they don't want to over rehearse or which I totally understand and respect. But as far as I'm concerned, when I direct, I love everybody to learn their lines like little machines, little robots, without emotion. So just lines, 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 lines. So that when you are in the moment, you can completely let go and that you can also improvise and make space for whatever impulse you have in that moment. So I do think that is an approach that comes from the theater. You know, I also do very long takes because I hated it as an actress on a film set to do all these short stop and go, stop and go. I was constantly like, what? When am I ever going to get into it? You know what I'm I'm just eating up. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, there are, again, there are especially very experienced movie stars. You know, they they are super good at that. They can do that in a mathematical way. But because I love uh, directors like Casavetes and everything organic and real and sensuous and sexy, I think I'm really looking for that flow. You know, so that comes from the theater. And also, I think what comes from the theater is that joining a theater company that I did when I was very young and I I never knew another life where you share everything with one group, it means no ego. You know, you cannot have an ego. You all have to play each other the ball, otherwise nobody can score, you know? And that's how I uh, explain to my actors how I work. So those things I really took with me from the theater and I really believe in that and also to make everyone on set, even the people who cook, everybody who's there responsible for what I want to do with the story so that everybody feels informed and feels uh, a certain connection to each other. I feel that is also very much a theater thing. And Beautiful but I would sentiment, but the, <laughs> cinema, the cinematic process does not often go that direction. Did you encounter, I want to hear where you're going, but I'm just, did you encounter challenges trying to implement that? Like on a yeah. set, because a lot of people are very fragmented on set, right? Very fragmented. And of course here, because it's way more professional, my country is very small. It's, it is not that we are total amateurs, but it is way small. There, there, there's not a huge market. So it's a lot of government money. So it's 
you're, you're very tight unit, you know, in, in my country because the crew is so small and you can move then very quickly. You can improvise. You don't have any rules because you don't have any unions. And so, of course, here it's it's way easier for everybody to sort of like do their own thing, you know, and be on a little island. And I think that's 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 not what I want. And I I I, I try to to avoid that and keep everyone informed and everybody enthusiastic about the core of what I want to do and say, because I just feel that people will, will enjoy it more in that way and, and will also become your friends in reaching that certain goal that I have in mind, you know? And so, yeah, it, it was way, way harder here to do that also, because of course in Holland, I have such a big history with people that, you know, have been on so many sets that I, I also like literally personally know almost everyone in that world. And here I literally did not know any soul. So that made it also a little harder, but I do think maybe in the beginning they thought it maybe was a little weird, but they do, <laughs> I think they do, they do like it and they, and, and it created a wonderful energy, you know, and I, 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 I really love that. And also with my actors to really tell them, listen, I'm going to, even though the, the one uh, layer of my system, if you will, is very old fashioned, you know, almost like classical ballet, like I demand focus, uh, uh, lots of preparation you know, everyone to come really prepared. My my other layer is, you know, we're collaborators. Everybody's equal. I, I come from a very, my country is very uh, horizontal, we call it, you know, governed like that and not like a pyramid. So mm. I, I was raised in commune. So let's keep it all, you know, we're all equal and we're going to build this building together. And you are as much responsible for getting it up in the air as I am. And I think that makes them feel seen and taken seriously, and then everybody becomes enthusiastic, and everybody will give you their best ideas, which is only better for the film. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers, or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yes, and the only way that works, right, is if the person who, in theory, is near the top of the pyramid is doing it, right? <laughs> because otherwise, it's very challenging here to get that to work. Otherwise, if people don't, up top, don't agree. No, of course. No, no. Absolutely. Everyone. Yeah, and of course, I mean, the whole um, duality, uh, if you will, if you want to create something that, that is very uh, animalistic and it flows and it, it looks all as if it's all made up in the moment, then of course, to create that kind of almost chaotic result, you have to create a lot of order and structure. So same for collaboration. Of course, uh, I want to collaborate and I want everybody to feel seen and taken seriously. But of course, it is very important for me that I have a starting vision and that everybody can sort of like look at that and be inspired by that. You know, it's it's leading with, of course, certainty, but on the other hand, really create space for others to have their inspiration and their ideas. And so I think the key to that, and that is something I did learn from my director, Eva van Hove, is preparation. You know, I think really as a director, a DP, like all the heads, like everybody needs to be so well prepared that once we enter that set, you know, once we all come on the set, which of course time is so extensive because you have everyone there, you have all the equipment there, every fucking second counts, then you need, your preparation will be everything. And also your way of relaxing will be because you're sort of carried by your own preparation. So that's... Uh, when you're preparing, I'm curious about the part of it that involves your cast 
because that's something that's going to be close to all the background you've done. But when you're preparing with your team, like your DP, your production designers, your, you know, the various heads of departments and producers, what's, how did you enter into that? Like, let's say with bodies, because it's bigger and because you just mentioned you knew preparation was so important, but it's and it, also those areas were probably a little bit newer to you relative to the acting, which I'm sure yeah. your strategy was a little more consistent with something you'd experienced over and over again. So I'm curious, like kind of that, like, how do, how, how are we going to prep? How are we going to plan? So you can create that order with say. Yeah. So with my first film, yeah. With my first film, that was even uh, scarier because I literally had never done it. So I, you know, all the different things that were happening during prep were new to me. So what I did was I made, I really called all my director friends and I knew I just asked them everything. I, I asked some of my director friends, like, can you just sit down with me for a day and just walk through the, like what you're asking me now? Like, how do you prep? What are your tricks? What, <laughs> what happens in that whole process? I asked that my producer, everybody to really talk me through it so that I knew what to expect. And then with my DP, I really chose him because I talked to a lot of DPs in the Netherlands and I took him with me to America too. He is a guy, he's called Jasper Wolf. He also did a movie called Monos for people who want to check him out. That's such an incredible film. And he did that camera work too. And so I chose him on the basis of that I am not educated, so I don't have all the vocabulary. I don't have all the lenses and the camera technique, uh, how do you say that, knowledge. So I really thought I need someone who can who can understand my way of communicating, and but at the same time will not dominate me because he will know more. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not talking about my my vision or how I can tell him what I want, but more that because he has all the words for it, that he would like overpower me. Because I've seen that happen so many times oh, yeah. watching the director and a DP in the Netherlands. I was like, wait a minute. This director, especially women, to be honest, were often very much dominated by their very macho DPs. So I uh, chose him. He is not that he's not a macho. He's a, he's a, he's a total macho. But he's very uh, open to collaborating with me. And even if I don't have the technical words for it, that I can communicate it in a different way. I, I might draw it all out, you know, because I, I love drawing. I might exit out for him, you know, and say like, like the shot should be like this. And this is that. And so, you know, I'm making a lot of weird gestures now for, for the listener. I love that your language of communicating about something. I can imagine maybe with music and a composer. Did you ever act out what a, what a piece of music should yeah. be? <laughs> <laughs> and communication is so interesting anyhow as we all know i mean a podcast is of course also a very interesting form of communicating but it's so important to give words like you said with composers it's very diff difficult because i don't have that kind of knowledge at all you know to create a piece of music so com words don't often are not enough you know and especially english is not my language anyway so i chose uh, my dp in that way and i think our preparation is just we go through the script like 6,000 times, if you will. You know, we make little drawings we, and then we make shot lists, you know, but those shot lists for him, he's not a DP that wants to have a storyboard in the classical way. You know, he knows we both have our storyboards, but they are very, he, he wants them to be at all times flexible. Like he, he doesn't like it when the whole crew thinks, okay, so now we're going to have this shot of this window and it's going to be that and everybody just prepares for that because in our style is our style is very intuitive and we want to be able to change it when we want to change it. But so that, so we talk through the whole script and then we will bounce off ideas with each other because as you know, a script is of course, is incredibly important, but only after that will it actually come to life, right? It's not a novel. We're not going to like, that's not the end result. So 
it is the ideas that we have, for instance, the scene in Bodies where all the characters are basically introduced when Sophie and B enter the, the swimming pool and we got to them underwater was super important to me because I find an introduction of a slasher film with all the characters pretty annoying. So I thought I want to see them like, I had this 2000 space odyssey image in my head that they were like floating in space, like embryos, you know? So that kind of thing that comes from our preparation where we then decide, okay, so we're going to put them underwater. That's how we introduce them. And then I'm like, okay, so let's have a game where they are holding their breath and you know, so yeah, that's so how, um, so it works. It's so a very it all kind of fed, all kinds of yeah. creativity fed, inspired yeah. and bounced around and built a new sequence essentially through those. Yeah. And then because, you know, in America, you don't get a lot of time with actors to prepare because they're so busy and they're so expensive. I don't know, but time is expensive here way more than in the Netherlands. So I asked for a group of people in the house on location with me and Jasper for bodies, bodies, bodies that could be sort of stand-ins for the actors so I could block everything before they come in and I could experience everything physically and Jasper too. So we, 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 we shot things. We, we went through the whole film exploring the spaces. Also, like, fit, like, let's say somebody has to fall somewhere. I would do everything. So I also know, you know, does this hurt? Is this even possible? So that once the actors come to set, we already create like a lovely playing field where, they, where, where we have a basic plan where they can feel safe and then they can bring all their, their ideas to me, you know? So I thought it was really great way to work. I did that with instinct and I would do it for my next movie. The same. It's a great idea because it's essentially rehearsing, right? It's rehearsing. Like you got a lot of rehearsal in. You got a lot of rehearsal, but you don't have to like I, as an actress, because I'm very fiery as an actress, I'm very energetic and I go, my emotions come very easily. So I hate rehearsing. Because I think yeah. it's embarrassing and I'm, I'm like, I want to learn my lines, but I don't want to rehearse because I, I want to feel it physically, but that's it. So I don't want to bother them either with, with mm. that stage where I go with Jasper to get like, oh, wait a minute. Is this a great show? Oh, what if we do that? When, like, let, let's shoot it. Let's just shoot it. And then I will do the. And also, if you have that many group scenes like we had in Bodies, it's pretty intimidating for a starting out director like me because you have to give everybody enough attention. You have to keep mm. a group. It's very hard. You have to keep it interesting for an audience. So there's a lot of stuff going on if you have more than five, six people as actors on the set. So I also wanted to be very sure of my blocking. So you kind of separated rehearsing your camera with rehearsing your actors, right? So then you were all set for your actors and all you had to worry about was them once they got there? Yes, so that you can explore yourself. You can really explore and uh, you can put people in the space and just make painting, so to say, make, you know, and, and feel it all out and test the call. And, and then once they come, I can tell them like, listen, this is the basic plan because I don't, it's not that I'm a dictator that I'm like, okay, you sit in the chair, you stand over there. But again, I also hate it as an actor when I would come to a set and the director would be like, just do whatever you feel. I was like, I don't feel anything. You just want to tell me what to do. I'm a professional and I will make it look good, you know? So I, I, I try to give them a, a starting point, like, okay, you're over there, you're over there, da, 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 you know, Jasper's going to be there. This is sort of going to be the setting. This is going to be the situation. And then they, on the rehearsal day, because we did have rehearsal time with them as well on location, and then they can say, well, I, I prefer to stand there, or I, I think it's better if I come in. Or, and then I, that's okay, but at least I have had a plan when we started out in, the, in that day. And I think that will make them very calm because... Again, I've been watching so many directors in my career and I always 
saw a lot of them not having one clue of what they're going to do, you know, because they often get so preoccupied with technical stuff and or their lighting, and they forget that these actors are very vulnerable. They're very embarrassed because acting is the most embarrassing profession of the of all times, and they're scared. And so you got to lead them like a parent, you know, like really take their hand, lead them, and then they can they can grow and blossom and and really um, create. And when you have as many things that you do coming at you, questions, concerns, problems, people's emotions, whatever else is flying through the air and in your ear, how do you prioritize and focus? Because it's very easy for a director, especially the less experienced, the easier it is to be totally swept up in something that can derail you. Right. And instead of saying focused on like, this is what I need to get done and what matters right now. And yes, I know, blah, 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 blah. But, and then kind of organize your thoughts. Like, how do you stay centered and and focused? Yeah, I do think for for me, it's very important to keep an atmosphere on set that of course is, is, is playful and light for the actors, but not necessarily very loud or, you know, I find it very important that there's a focused energy on set so that I can keep a clear head and everybody else too, and uh, Jasper too, you know, everybody can can really be focused. And then, of course, it is part of what you have to do is sort of choose your priorities, right? And that is partly talent and intuition and partly something you can learn. Mm. And for me, what I do is um, in the whole long preparation that I do is I write, like what I also did, something I really want to advise every young filmmaker, is um, uh, having readings, table readings, even if you don't have the actors, you just hire actors, you just ask friends, even if you have two friends, doesn't matter. <laughs> that, you know, you did, the two friends, they just sit, they, they read the script to you and you will make notes and, and, and just uh, every scene, write down an intention. You know, this is the core of the scene. This is what is most important to me because you're going to have to make sacrifice. You're going to, as you know, you're going to have to, every, making a film is one big compromise for they say it's one big disappointment, right? From the beginning to get, because you only, because you think you're going to have a helicopter and then you end up with nothing. So it's, so you, you have to let go. Let, it's a very spiritual uh, lesson, actually. But so as long as you keep your intention, like this scene, this is my intention, then you can always look in your script and you look at that little drawing or you look at that little note and you know, ah, that's, you know, that is what I need to come back to every time. And then I feel that, I do is it really like a prior- word, a phrase, a sentence. A phrase, like exactly. A core. Yeah, like this is what we have to get. And also, I think you should constantly, I think that should be your DP, but also can be your producer or somebody else that you really trust, that you don't have to do everything yourself. So you take one person that you really trust and you say, do we have everything? Did we, you know, do we have everything? We, you, you always, I always check that at a certain point. Like, did we, and then just take a couple of minutes to really think, do we, do we have that? Uh, yes, uh, you know? It's really important because, as we all know, once you move on, you move on. And then during the um, scene, I feel, but of course that is my whole thing, is I do really focus on the actors. Are they, how are they doing? I put my full spirit, we say, you know, uh, my sensors out and I really, yeah. like a mother, check in constantly. And if, I, if, if they're with too many, which in my case was almost always the case, I, would, I will have my, my, my lovely people around me say to the makeup artist, can you go check? If if he or she's okay, okay, you know. So so to keep keep that all keep everybody warm, keep everybody, uh, uh, and also rest it. You know, if you know you're going to build for an hour, let them go. Make sure that they can rest. I'm very concerned with their well being and also with their 
you know, where they are, do they have any questions and all of that. And also, I think a way to do that is to always give them the feeling that they can also bring something to the table. So always say, like, like do you want to do another variation? Does it, you know, if you, if you have time. So I feel that is also a big part of them feeling seen during a process like that. There is something you mentioned at a point about choosing your DP and being a woman, a female voice and being drowned out, like, or overpowered. Is yeah. that something beyond that circumstance, just in terms of the constantness in this industry, in this culture, just like as, as like being the authority figure, trying to create something sort of, like you said, egalitarian, but also making sure that people, like you're going to confront just blatant disrespect, I assume, at many turns, right? Of just yeah. like not. So how do you manage that? Because it's an added layer of difficulty to an already very difficult thing to do. Yeah. So I think that I saw a lot of being overpowered by male figures in my own country. I have to say that here, I have not seen that. But I think that is because here, men are scared. <laughs> no, I do think, no, what I do think, I mean, I shouldn't joke about this, but I, I do like to joke about it because we need to keep it a little bit light. You know what I mean? Certainly, but I do, yes. especially with this subject because it's, it's super important but I, I feel that of course there's more fear around the subject because if you get if you come across as a toxic male behavior there's going to be consequences you know because here that, that is a pretty intense climate uh, as far as boundaries and all of that whereas in my country which is it, it, ha- it's, it, it it's not like that at all we, we have an mm. image of being so progressive and so modern and and you know as the netherlands and amsterdam but there's a very there's a very slow change because we don't have to change that part because we are such an old country with such an old history you know we have government money we don't we don't need to like so i have when i said to the people in the netherlands listen i want to make this film they were like no you can't you're an actress you know that's basically how it works in my country like be normal that's you're already weird enough so don't (laughs) <laughs> so don't you know don't think you're all that though so that's a typical european attitude whereas here if you say i'm gonna build a skyscraper everybody goes great hey, oh yes yeah. how can i help you that's wonderful so i have to say that yeah. i find it a blessing to be in this country for that reason if i tell people like i have this idea da, 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 and, the, and then in holland they would all go like that's so strange that is way too dark <laughs> those characters are unlikable it's way too sexual it's and here they go, interesting, you know, because if they know that authenticity, even if they don't agree with your idea, they still know that they can maybe make money off of it. So it's way more the, the best idea will sort of like come float above. But I do what I find hard. So I have never encountered here any macho behavior towards me, but I can be a little macho, you know, and I have to be careful for, uh, about that too here because here, and I think that's very good, but... You have you have to really you know think before you speak, and you and you and you have to really consider other people's feelings. and And I find that, and I come because I come from a tradition that's very extreme. You know, in that theater, like like I said, classical ballet. You know, the ballerinas with their feet bleeding. Right. You know, that's <laughs> it, that's where I come from. So I am used to you know when I rehearse with Ivo van Hove, I stand literally in the place where he left me the last day with my costume on. I have a I have a mic here. I have my prop in my hand, and I'm ready to go. You know, that's how I'm drilled. So I am very used to someone being a little heavy with me, you know, but here it's it's more, you have to more say like, hey, how are you? And then like, so I think it's a great, I mean, it has influenced me in in a wonderful way. I 
I really enjoy being here. I loved working, uh, even though it is also hard and I encountered a lot of, inse- I had moments where I was insecure and all of that, but I, I loved uh, the atmosphere here. Yeah. Yeah. There's a truth to the people want to find the most authentic voice. So if you're just coming out of your truth with your craziness and your idea, there is an attraction. Right? Exactly. Yes, there is an attraction because it, and that is not because they want to be like art house or credible or whatever, but because they also know that true authenticity also will, how do you say that? It, it can have, it can be successful, you know, and that is why it will also last that system instead of mm-hmm. thinking, oh, maybe we should honor that because it is original. But I don't know, I feel here there are less boundaries to what I can do. And, and, it, it, and in my, in Europe, there's more of a ceiling, you know? Which which has another other advantages because you're rooted in a beautiful history and da da da, but here it's a younger country, so to say, and uh, you feel that you can actually really the, the the American dream that for a lot of people is an illusion, but there is a, sort of an energy field in which you dare to dream bigger here. I feel. Yes, it's fascinating to hear perspective. Pers- perspective is everything. What you're what no. you're used to doing Ibsen or Chekhov or yeah. <laughs> you know. Over and over again, or if it's like, hey, what's the new craziest idea anyone has yeah. that we can make money on? Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. Well, I really appreciate having you. Um, I think we're about out of time, but that's a good place to end. And this has been awesome. And the success of the film is great. So be sure to come Thank back. Thank you so much. I'm time. such a fan. Please keep up doing this because I, I, I need this. Like I'm learning still from your podcast and I love it. Please, please continue well, you to just, do it. Thank you so much for saying that. And you just dropped so much good stuff. Like I didn't even have to ask that much for you to start like throwing out all these amazing lessons you learned. So it's great to have people on who've listened because they know we're here to try and share all the information we can about doing this. So thank you. I love it. I think it's absolutely magnificent. Thank you so much for, for having this podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Lena, for coming on the podcast. You know, every once in a while, we get somebody on the podcast who talks about having listened to it and having read No Film School and learning things there. And that's just so cool. I mean, No Film School, I'll take a moment to wax poetic here, has been around a long time, longer than I've been a part of it. And it's great that there are filmmakers out there who have essentially graduated No Film School. Film School? And are out there doing stuff. And obviously, Helena's done all kinds of stuff. She didn't just read about it on nofilmschool.com and listen to this podcast, but she did those things as prep. And that's just awesome because we keep getting amazing guests. They keep sharing incredible stories about actually working on sets and what they've learned and what this business is like and what this craft is like. And she's just another great example of that, applying some of the things she learned here and elsewhere and pushing it forward. So, you, whoever you are, will be able to utilize it on your projects. Thanks so much for listening.